Welcome to the Weight Loss Your Way podcast. This is a show for women over 40 or approaching 40 who want to lose weight but are tired of chasing the quick fix fantasy that diet culture promises. Weight loss doesn't have to consume your life, and you don't have to measure your self-worth by the number on the scale or the size of your clothes. We're ditching the diet rule book and getting on with experiencing weight loss your way. This is Norma, your host and life coach for weight loss. Let's dive in. Welcome back. This is episode six. And today I want to talk about how you can use your intuition to start listening to your body and trusting that your body will tell you when it's hungry and when it's had enough. So does that sound like a foreign concept to you? It did to me when I first learned it. It had been so long since I'd listened to my body, like really listened to it. I didn't even know what I was listening for. So how did we get so detached from this primal instinct that we all have to feed our bodies? My theory is this. Years of dieting and relying on someone or something external to us has conditioned the most basic instinct right out of us. We've been trained not to trust our own judgment, and we've learned that it's necessary to weigh and measure and count every single calorie, macro, or carb that passes our lips. And we make food choices based on things like points or percentages and recommended serving sizes, all things that someone else made up. So take serving sizes, for example. You know, the serving size that's printed on those nutrition labels? This is a piece of data that I used to rely on heavily on how to know how much I should eat. And I bet you do too. But when I did my research, I found that the FDA defines a serving like this, and I'm quoting, by law, serving sizes must be based on the amount of food people typically consume rather than how much they should consume, end quote. By this definition, how in the world can we rely on a serving size as a good guide for proper nutrition, which was the whole point of putting it on the labels to begin with, right? But according to the FDA, their own language, a serving size is nothing more than an estimate of the amount of food a typical person consumes. So you can imagine this changes. So one of the most recent changes to recommended serving sizes is with soda. And for years, the recommended serving size was 8 ounces. And recently, it was changed to 12 ounces because the typical person came back and said they consume 12 ounces. Well, of course they do. That's how the soda is served to us. It is packaged in 12-ounce bottles and cans. So how is this measure even remotely accurate? It just baffles me. But, you know, to use pandemic terminology, I'm a believer in following the science, but not blindly. And I think I pretty much blindly followed these nutrition labels, particularly serving sizes, until I learned this bit of information. So I now question the science. Who's backing it, financially or otherwise? And why? What's the objective or angle? Educate yourself before you buy into somebody else's data. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not suggesting everything's a big conspiracy theory, but rather use good sense and objectivity before taking the bait hook, line, and sinker. Your intuition is usually on the mark. And when you hear it saying something, don't brush it aside. 
listen to it and trust that your intuition has your best self in mind. So here's what I mean. Have you ever started a diet or bought a pill or a shake or, or, or something that on the surface seemed scientifically backed? And you were convinced that this was the one, this is going to work because, and you could spew out all the science that they gave you. But a little voice in the back of your head kept saying, come on, you know better. This is too good to be true. That's your intuition. That's the voice we need to tune into and pay a lot more attention to. All right, so enough of that. But my point is, I believe we need to stop relying so heavily on external sources that have, at best, very sketchy and slanted information and start tuning into our own bodies for guidance and direction when it comes to our food decisions and eating behaviors. So a big part of Weight Loss Your Way is figuring out what your current eating behaviors are and the role your thinking plays into what and how you eat. Usually we have two conflicting thoughts running around at the same time. Something like this, I desperately want to lose weight. And then the other thought is, but I don't want to restrict my food. I don't want to be told what to eat. Or another example might be, I want to be healthier. And your conflicting thought might be, but I don't want to give up the sweets. Do you see the push-pull that happens when we're operating from two conflicting beliefs? We tend to get caught up in the black and white of it all, our thinking that it has to be either one or the other. Go on a diet and restrict, or just give it up and don't bother. Eat healthy or give up sweets forever. This was my life and the source of most of my anxiety about my weight, this constant black and white conflict of wanting to lose weight, but wanting to have the bagel on Bagel Friday at work. Or it was wanting to eat healthy, but wanting to have funnel cake at the fair once a year. Two wants that were always at odds with each other. That's what was exhausting to me, and that's what made food the center of my universe. And that's what was making weight loss so very hard. It was constant conflict, followed by a gigantic dose of self-loathing if I made the wrong choice. And then the starting over cycle would begin. And this went on and on until I dared to question if it had to actually be a one or the other choice. My little voice of intuition was telling me that maybe I could have both. So I got to work. I was learning with my own coach that if I wanted to change a result, I had to back all the way up to the thoughts or beliefs I currently had and start reframing them. And then the new reframe thought would lead me to change my actions because I wanted to feel differently. I wanted something different. And I will admit, this was really early on in my journey when I first learned this, and I wasn't totally bought into it, but I did know that I literally had nothing to lose. So I started with a small reframe. You know, my diet brain just wasn't ready to 100% believe that I could have my cake and lose weight too. So my tiny reframe thought was, maybe it's possible I can have a bagel on Friday and still lose weight. Seriously, that was my first attempt at believing something different. It was all about a bagel. So when Bagel Friday came, I ate the bagel. And it was hard. Not the bagel, the eating part. The bagel was delicious. It was a big, crusty, on the outside, doughy, on the inside, New York City-style bagel smothered with cream cheese. It was so hard to enjoy it. My diet brain was screaming at me. 
I was hearing things like, you're breaking a rule. You're doing it all wrong. You're never going to lose weight this way. You're just going to have to start over again on Monday. All of it ran through my head in a matter of minutes. It was so, so uncomfortable. But I just kept reminding myself that I was practicing believing that maybe it was possible to be able to eat a bagel and still lose weight. You know, I repeated this process over and over for weeks. And when the bagel wasn't so scary anymore, I think I intuitively knew that I was ready to level up my reframe thought to something new. Maybe it was possible that there's other foods I can enjoy and still lose weight. And then so began what I now call my great experiment of 2018. I kept trying different foods, adding some in, taking some out, changing up quantities, and how many times I ate a particular type of food in a week, like a bagel. Now, I should point out that this was not a free-for-all food fest, like I used to do before I started a new diet, you know, that kind of last supper thing. It, it was not at all. I was very deliberate and intentional about my choices. I literally wanted to learn how to trust myself around food because my intuition was telling me that this was important and to keep going. And it was so much better than battling that back-and-forth conflict I always had in my brain. One of the things I did during this process that proved to be invaluable was I kept a journal and I logged everything. It felt foolish in the beginning, but I can't tell you how valuable that data was. Four years later, I still go back to it. And over the course of 2018, two important things happened. First, I changed my belief that I couldn't lose weight and eat the food I loved because I was losing weight, which brings me to my second point. I lost 60 pounds that year, but it wasn't linear. I had gains, I had losses, I had plateaus. But every one of those results helped me adjust and inform my decisions for the next week. Was it always easy? Nope, not at all. It was full of self-doubt. It was full of missteps. It was basically a hot mess, but I kept going. I kept experimenting, and I learned to do it my way. Now, one of the skills I learned on this journey is how to listen to my hunger signals. We all have them. And this was a game changer. Now, at the same time, I was experimenting with what to eat. I was practicing how, and I was practicing when. The how to eat for me was intentionally and slowly. I was a gobbler. I ate so fast, I often didn't know what I even ate, much less how much. So I slowed down. I noticed things like taste and texture and what I liked and didn't like. And I noticed how hunger felt. Not like that hangry diet hunger we're all familiar with, but the sense that my body needed me to feed it just because it was hungry. Maybe not a three-course meal kind of hungry, but it needed something. So I practiced responding to that, and I ate. Feeling this kind of hunger was actually shocking to me. I knew all about hangry hunger from years and years of restricting and severe calorie deprivation, but I had no sense of what true normal hunger felt like. So I started to pay attention to what my body was trying to tell me. I noticed I sometimes had stomach growls, but not often. And I noticed that I always felt a little bit tired and started to yawn when I needed to eat. Seriously, a yawn is still, to this day, my first clue that my body is hungry. Now, that was noticing hunger. 
that part didn't feel quite as challenging to me as part two of hunger signals, which is stopping when my hunger was satisfied or when I'd had enough. That was a little trickier and frankly, still something I work on every day. Intuitively, I knew that if my body could tell me when I was hungry, it could also tell me when it was time to stop eating, when it had enough. Now, remember I said I was a gobbler. Well, that was the first habit I had to break to give my body a fighting chance to send up the you've had enough signal. Then I had to really tune in to how I was feeling in my body while I was eating. Was I still hungry? Would one more bite do it? Or maybe a whole nother serving? I had no idea and I was so scared to find out because I was petrified of overeating. I went back to what was working for me, experimenting. I focused on dinner first because I was pretty certain that was the meal that I overate the most. I tried all different things. I tried stopping halfway and checking in with myself. I noticed when my eating started to actually slow down on its own. That proved to be a pretty, pretty big clue. I noticed when I was poking around with my food, looking for like the last of the good stuff, all signals that I'd probably had enough. But the one that I most rely on even today is my little voice, my intuition. When out of the blue, it just says, hmm, I wonder if you've had enough. And I know that if I hear that intuition ask that question, I most definitely have had enough. So before I go further, I want to really be super clear about something. Listening to your hunger signals and stopping it enough is not something that you ever master. It's always a work in progress. Do you get better at it? Maybe even really good at it? Yes. But you will overeat. You will eat for a bunch of reasons other than hunger. And that's okay. In fact, that's normal. Getting it perfect every time is the furthest thing from normal that you can do. So if there's one place that you need to drop perfectionism, it's here. Your hunger and satisfaction levels can and likely will be different every single day. And as you start to lose weight, they're going to change even more because your body's going to require less food. All right. So I have seen so many women get so hung up on figuring out their hunger signals. Yes, it's important and it's vital work, but it will never, ever be perfect. It's just part of the process. So hold it lightly. Remember, give yourself space and time to get to know yourself and recognize when your good intuition is guiding you. All right, let's wrap up with when to eat. This is really easy, right? You eat when you're hungry and you stop when you're satisfied. Like most everything in this process, easier said than done. Eating when you're hungry means some days you're not hungry until noon. And God, for the love of all that's holy, you can't skip breakfast, right? Or at least that's what most of us were taught. We've heard breakfast is the most important meal of the day. Everybody knows that. We've been told that since we were kids. But remember, that might be true for some people, but it's not true for everybody. Somebody made that up, probably with all good intentions and a lot of science behind it, or maybe not. But it truly doesn't matter if you're hungry for the first meal at 7 a.m. or 12 p.m. There's nothing wrong with you. Eat when you're hungry. We're so conditioned to that concept of three square meals a day that most of us are literally eating by the clock, whether we're hungry or not. This was me. 
I was so wrapped up in the thought that there was something physically wrong with me if I wasn't hungry at 7 a.m., noon and 5, breakfast, lunch and dinner, the times we all should eat or the times that I was allowed to eat. That's how I looked at it. <laughs> My diet brain was at its finest. I would look forward to those times rolling around because I was allowed to eat then. If you do that too, I can promise you there is nothing wrong with you. And as my coach always says, you're not going to die or get pregnant if you skip a meal because you're not hungry when the clock says it's time to eat. Because you know what? You will be hungry eventually. And at some point you will be able to eat. Some days I eat breakfast before 8 a.m. Other days my first meal isn't until 12 or 1 o'clock. Some days I eat all three meals and have a snack in the evening. Other days I eat two meals. It just doesn't matter. Unwinding the breakfast, lunch, dinner, and snack habit will require practice, patience, and a whole lot of trial and error. But here it comes again. Trust your intuition when it tells you, I'm just not hungry right now, and then practice honoring it. And then when you first start to sense a hunger signal, go eat, enjoy, feed your body until it tells you it's had enough. Now, I know that there's some of you that want or need some type of measurement or guide to know if you're doing it right. So here's what I'd offer you. If you are eating to the point of enough, you can probably go three to four hours before you start to feel true hunger again, generally speaking. It won't always be the same and everyone has a different experience, but if you really need a rule of thumb to get started, that's a pretty good one, that three to four hours between eating. I wasn't sure where this episode was going to go when I sat down to prepare it, but I think I've covered a lot of ground, so I want to kind of recap just a little bit. The most important thing to figuring out weight loss your way is to end the reliance on external sources and listen to your intuition. I ask myself this question every time I'm considering making a change in my eating protocol. Do I like my reason, and can I do it for the rest of my life? If the answer is no, it's a no to the thing that I was considering. End of discussion. Conflicting thoughts and beliefs keep you stuck in a cycle that just doesn't serve you. There's no room for black or white thinking in discovering weight loss your way. Small incremental reframes of your beliefs can change the trajectory of your subsequent actions. So practice the reframe. Then, like the shampoo bottle says, rinse and repeat. And the last thing I talked about was listening to and trusting your intuition about your hunger and satisfaction signals. I mentioned this was a game changer for me, right? Well, when I understood that I could eat the food that I loved and lose weight, I got rid of those conflicting beliefs, and I started to trust that my body would tell me when I was hungry and when I'd had enough, I realized that I never had to restrict or eliminate certain foods again. There was no reason. I was in complete control, not the food. I could eat what I wanted when I was hungry, and I could stop when I'd had enough. Diet brain be damned. So go boldly, my friends, as you begin to experiment. Don't fear your intuition. Embrace it. Rely on it. And call upon it to guide you. You have everything you need right now, right inside you, to experience weight loss your way. So until next week, go on out there and listen to that intuition. Thank you for spending time with me again. If you found this episode helpful or you had a big aha moment you want to explore further, let's get on a call and talk it through live. My Done With Diets calls are free and your opportunity 
to move the needle further, faster on your weight loss, your way journey. All you need to do is go to normafroncoaching.com and click the Done With Diets button at the top of the page. And last, if it's a community of women all working towards their health and weight goals that you're craving, come on over and join us in Connecting the Pieces. We'd love to have you there. And if you're enjoying Weight Loss Your Way, please consider leaving a rating and review. It really does help get the show in the earbuds of women just like you. Thank you for being here, and I will see you in the next episode.